0: Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company,
1: Golden, Colorado. Blue wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really.
0: Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended.
1: Gambler's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the full slate NFL Week Ten Pick'em Pod. I'm your co-host, Cody Darwick, joined by my brother out in Chicago, Tyler Darwick. Tyler, we're back.
0: We're back. I feel like we haven't done a podcast in a while, but feels good to be back on the airways with you.
1: Yeah, we we unfortunately we had to miss our Sunday Scaries pod. at prior wedding commitments. Uh, former full slate contributor, Matt Wolf, got married. So, you know, I had to be there. Couldn't do a live pod from the ceremony. Nobody wanted that. Um, And I actually, Tyler, I had my best NFL Sunday of the year, and I did not really watch much after probably the first hour of Red Zone because we were busy, pictures, ceremony, et cetera. Um, So I tweeted at you as a joke, um, but I don't know. Do I have to kind of take on this approach going forward?
0: You might have to. Just not watch the games could uh, bring you better luck.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, more winners. Um, It was... It was a. I feel like it was a great red zone Sunday. Uh, from just watching the highlights, NFL Prime Time, catching up on everything that happens. A lot of very close games last Sunday, Tyler. So as someone who watched all the games on Red Zone, you wanna catch catch us up?
0: It was a good Sunday from what I remember. To be honest, I just came back from a flag football game. Um, it's like 30 degrees here in Chicago, so my brain's a little rattled right now. Um, I think I get a minor concussion anytime I play, but uh, <laughs> let me look at my sheet. The Texans-Jags game that started in London. I had the Texans, right, right. so that was good. Colt Steelers was a really good game. Um, the Packers-Chargers game, not much to report there. Uh, Vikings-Chiefs mm. Vikings- <laughs> was a great game, so... From what I can remember, uh, my slightly concussed mind—it <laughs> it, was—it was a great ga- uh, Sunday. I was having a great gambling day, like you, and then the Packers took the field, the Browns took the field, and just ended up even, which is a terrible feeling.
1: <laughs> yeah, Tyler, should we should we talk a little bit about that that Packer game? Because we spoke about it, and I actually, in preparation for this podcast, was going back, uh, trying to figure out my record last week, and and I was. I was only two and three on on the five games we profiled, but I think luckily I was able to kind of avoid bad losers on some of those. Um, But I was listening to the part where we're profiling this Packers-Chargers game and then the piece on your lock of the week. And uh, we both couldn't be more bullish on this one, but this felt like a classic Chargers game.
0: Classic Chargers Aaron Rodgers made some comments that the team really enjoyed themselves. Uh, They're 48 hours in L.A. leading up to the game. That's something I should have taken into consideration. These guys live in Green Bay for most of the NFL season. They go out to L.A., definitely a lot more nightlife there, so... Hand up. I should have recognized that. So it's a great win by the Chargers about five minutes into it. I realized the Packers were dead. Even though the Chargers were letting them hang around, they kept settling for field goals. The Packers just had nothing going all game. They had under 100 total yards of offense going into the fourth quarter. So hats off to the Chargers. Um, that was a very public pick, um, and I got burned by it. So hand up, my mistake, but. I did lose my lock of the week, but I was three and two overall in our picks, so beat you out there. And I think what was your lock of the week? The Raiders, right?
1: Yeah, my my lock of the week was the Raiders, and you know what? We didn't have the Sunday Scaries pod, and this little lock of the week recap is a perfect segue into this week's Thursday night game. I had the Raiders; they won at home, um, and I I saw what happened at the end of that game. They won thirty one twenty four, covered this the spread. Um, and stop, basically, Matthew Stafford inside the red zone to end that one fourth and goal. Um, classic Matthew Stafford, just not able to get the big touchdown when he needs it. And this Raiders team continues their success at home. So now we get this weird Thursday night game where the Chargers go into Oakland to take on the Raiders. Now, all of a sudden, the Chargers are kind of a team that I I wrote them off as being dead. I said I would never bet on them after what happened in that game versus the um, the Steelers on Sunday Night Football when they just laid an absolute goose egg. Now they're kind of picking up some steam here because at the end of the day, someone needs to get that sixth seed in the AFC. And the Raiders are 4-4. Four and four. Um, So both these teams in the mix uh, in this playoff hunt. Tyler, who do you like here? Raiders plus one at home. So a lot of love for the Chargers.
0: I, yeah, I mean, this Raiders team, they're legit. You had them last week as your lock of the week, and that was a fun game to watch coming up on the red zone. Derek Carr, he's not back to that MVP guy was a few years back, but he's definitely playing better under Gruden, and everyone laughed at John Gruden, Mike Mayock, the way they were running the team. The Raiders are good. They're 4-4. Four and four. They've been really competitive. Um, that Khalil Mack trade a year ago that looked pretty one-sided, like, I don't know. I don't think they came out on that short of an end. They got Josh Jacobs out of it. Uh, They got a couple other draft picks. And my boy Coward was saying NFL execs were seriously saying that the Raiders roster is better than the Bears at this point. So they have done a good job turning it around. Having said all of that, I like the Chargers uh, tomorrow night. Tonight for people listening on Thursday, um, the Chargers are four and zero straight up and against the spread the last four versus Oakland. And I looked this up because it feels like such a Charger stat. The last two years under Anthony Lynn, the second half of the season, including last week, they're thirteen and four straight up and eleven and six against the spread. Second half of the season. So this team gets off the slow starts to start the season. Then they go on a run at the end of the season, then either sneak in or just miss the playoffs. So I think they're going to start to heat up. Last week gave them a lot of momentum. Bosa is having a great year. The Bosa brothers are taking over the NFL, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So he's having a great year. Melvin Ingram's back. So I like the Chargers.
1: I'm on the other side of this one. I like the Raiders. And I've come to terms that my Raiders underbet. At the start of the year, under six wins, that money's gone. Uh, and like you said, the, this Raiders team is good, especially at home. They're three and one against the spread at home this season. Six and one against the spread at home their last seven. And like you said, Josh Jacobs, he's turned into a, a stud. He's he's basically the front runner to win Offensive Rookie of the Year at this point. He's run for 120 or more yards three of his last four games. He goes against the Chargers run defense. That's ranked 20th in the NFL, so I expect to see a lot out of him. And David Carr has kind of stabilized. He's not. Derek Carr. Sorry. Yeah, definitely not David. Derek Carr, he's he's gotten a swagger back uh, here a little bit. Uh, He's had some success with Hunter Renfro, Tyrell Williams. Darren Waller has turned into a, a really nice piece for them. So this Raiders offense, I like. And I feel like this line, again, is a little bit disrespectful to this Oakland team. Um, Yes, the Chargers have success on the road. They have no home field advantage whatsoever. But this Raiders team really does. Um, Again, last year in Oakland, feels like this team has some juju. And uh, I don't know. I may actually try and look up what their odds are to make the playoffs because they're in this – just kind of collection of teams, and they they do have a number of ro- of home games remaining on the schedule. Um, and lastly, this little tidbit against the Chargers. Chargers are 0-6 against the spread. Their last six games after consecutive against the spread wins. Just classic eight and eight, nine and seven, seven and nine. Chargers here um, can never get too high on them before they kind of rip your heart out. I'm on the Raiders plus one, so we're uh we're not gonna agree on this one, Tyler.
0: Yeah, I mean I think this is gonna be a very exciting Thursday night game. The Raiders offense over the last three games is averaging four hundred thirty seven yards, which is second in the NFL, but they're giving up four hundred forty seven yards in that stretch also. So they could put up uh points, they give up a lot of points. So I think this is gonna be a really exciting game. In the end I like the Chargers to get it done. I think like I said, it's going to be back and forth high scoring, but when the defense needs to get a stop, I have a lot more confidence in Nick Bosa or Joey Bosa. I knew I was gonna mess that up. Uh, <laughs>
1: we've we've both we've both uh, messed up one brother uh, during this podcast, so that's it. We got it out of our we, system. Yeah, we got it out of the way.
0: Melvin Ingram. <laughs> I just have more confidence in those guys to make a stop than any players on the Raiders' defense. And Phillip Rivers is really good in Thursday night games. He's seven and three straight up, eight and two against the spread on Thursday. So. I like the Chargers to get it done. I'm sure once I start backing the Chargers, that's when they rip your heart out, whenever you get a little more confidence in them. and uh, An article I was reading preparing for this really said it great. Um, However, Los Angeles is a lot like an ex-significant other. Just just when we think they've changed for the better, they start exhibiting the same terrible habits that cause us to break things off in the first place. So I'm sure the Chargers will start off terrible tomorrow night, but I do like them, I think. They're gonna start to right the ship uh, after some close losses to begin the year, but I think this is gonna be a really good Thursday night game. It feels like we haven't had a good one in a while. I think the last Thursday game we talked about was the Eagles Packers, or oh yeah, yeah. Se- Seattle, Seattle, Seattle,
1: Seattle, LA was great, but it was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. It was a while ago. At this point, we we're we're due for a good one. I think this this will be a fun one. The Black Hole on prime time, um, so. We're on. We're on opposite sides of this one. Should be. Should be good. Uh, next game, we want to profile. And this, we, I feel like we've had a couple of kind of bad weeks uh, in a row here of an NFL slate. I don't know about you, Tyler. I think this is a pretty solid one uh, in terms of the the format of this show and how we go about things. I think all five of these games are pretty solid. Uh, the Panthers going into Green Bay, Green Bay to take on the Packers. Packers are five and a half point home favorites in this one over under 46.5. Carolina bounced back after getting absolutely embarrassed by the Niners. They beat the Titans 30 to 20 last week. McCaffrey just continues to put together a wild MVP nomination for himself. He had 146 yards, three more touchdowns. And Tyler, this stats insane. He's only a running back here. Let's remember this. Uh, He's accounted for. 40, oh my God, there's an issue with the handwritten notes. 47.5% of their yards from from scrimmage and 59% of their touchdowns on the season. It's, that's absolutely insane. Um, they put Cam Newton on the IR this week, so it's kind of put the, will he come back? Uh, will Kyle Allen steal his job debate to rest for now? And they've had a ton of success with Kyle Allen. They're 5-1 against the spread and straight up with him. At the helm, and uh, on the flip side of the coin, you have your uh, your Green Bay Packers, Tyler. After being embarrassed in L.A., flying back home, um, I'm t- I am do not know about you, Tyler. I'm I'm leaning towards Carolina in this one.
0: So am I. Um, you know, last week the Packers. Obviously, did not impress me. Having them as my lock of the week, that wasn't the best game to watch. And even the week before, they did beat Kansas City, but their defense, which started the year on fire, I think has really kind of cooled off and is not as elite as we thought it would be. When we look at defenses like the Saints, the 49ers, um, the Patriots before they lost to the Ravens like everyone is putting those defenses at the top of the league I don't think the Packers is as good as we thought it would be um, the last three games they're the second worst on third down defense giving up 54.5 percent of uh, third down conversions thirdly sacks in the NFL over the last three games their bottom 10 in rush defense it's not as dominant as as a defense as we thought so I do like the Panthers a cover in this game five and a half just seems like a little too much to me I do think Packers will win the game but I like the Panthers to keep it close like you said McCaffrey's having an unreal year and you know the way the NFL offseasons went the last couple years with Melvin Gordon Le'Veon Bell holding out an entire year for a contract when running backs aren't getting paid uh, when they're so replaceable Christian McCaffrey is irreplaceable on this Carolina team without him they would not win any games. Cam Newton, who's won an MVP before, has been hurt, and they've gone 5-1 and one because of how great McCaffrey is, so he deserves all the love he's getting, and if the Panthers were somehow able to pull off this game, it's huge for playoff seeding, and also this could kind of be the game that McCaffrey starts to get that serious MVP consideration.
1: Yeah, if they can go into Lambo and actually steal this one, um, I agree. I think he's front and center, and what really is a mosh pit of MVP candidates between him, um, Aaron Rodgers, who was the front runner, maybe still is. There's Russell Wilson, who's up there off a of Monster Week last week. Sean Watson, Lamar Jackson, all the, all these guys kind of jockeying for the top spot. McCaffrey can definitely win himself some voters with a, with a big performance on Sunday. Um, and again, some additional trends here for the Panthers. They're four and one straight up and against the spread. Their last five road games and the Packers are on bye after this week and they've had some struggles recently in this uh, spot. They're only one and five against the spread their last six games before a bye. I do think they win this game. I'm not. I'm not going to bet on the Panthers money line, but five and a half is just a lot. And I like what you pointed out about the Packers defense regressing of late. They looked incredible the first few weeks, but you kind of come back to earth here. And I think Carolina's defense is really solid. I I think I think they will do enough, and McCaffrey will be able to keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline, kind of watching, and you cut down on the possessions. So, all right, I guess we're in, we're in agreement there. Uh, Carolina plus five and a half. Um, what were you gonna say, Tyler?
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, like, the Packers Chargers game, you look at the final score from last week, 26 to 11. I don't even think that shows how much they got dominated in that game. The Chargers were horrible in the red zone. They couldn't complete their drives with touchdowns, but they outgained the Packers 442 yards, to 184. They averaged six and a half yards per play. I do expect the Packers to play a lot better. I think. Coming off the game versus Kansas City, that was an emotional Sunday night win. Going into L.A., they kind of coasted. But again, I, I do think there are holes in that defense, and the Panthers will be able to exploit it. And also, the Panthers' defense, like you mentioned, it's legit. They got torched by the 49ers, but 49ers are the only undefeated team left. But they do lead the NFL in sacks, mm-hmm. so I think that's an area where... The Packers kind of struggled last week against the Chargers pass rush, so the the Panthers could be able to get some pressure on Rodgers and get him off his number. So I think we both like the Panthers to cover in this one. Five-and-a-half just maybe a little too high, but let's move on to the next game we want to talk about. The Rams coming off a bye, going to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Another team who just finds himself in that AFC playoff picture at 4-and-4 trying to stay alive. Um... Steelers are three and a half point home underdogs. Cody, where are you lying in this one?
1: It It's crazy to me. Mike Tomlin really deserves a lot of credit. Willingness Steelers team to four and four. James Conner's out now. They've obviously been without Big Ben for weeks now. They've had Devlin Hodges in the mix, winning games for them as a starting quarterback. Now Mason Rudolph back. And I mean, they were good as dead. Down 14-0 um, on Monday Night Football versus the Dolphins. They come back to win that one. Adam Vinatieri misses, like, an all-time shank uh, of a game-winning field goal attempt by him um, last Sunday. And now they find themselves at 4-4. and And kind of wild that this Steelers team is two games ahead of the Browns um, in the AFC North. I don't think anyone would have seen that coming Uh if, if someone had said Big Ben is going to be out for the whole year and everyone on the Browns is basically going to stay healthy. Um, I I like the Rams in this one, though. They're off a bye. And uh, McVay, McVay's had success in this spot, basically, especially against AFC teams. Uh, they've won 10 out of their last 11 versus AFC teams. They're 7-3-1 against the spread in those games. McVay's also been... A beast on the eastern time zone he's won all six and covered um in in his career and then i think the biggest thing is this Rams team. this is a game they should win on paper and just looking at these standings in the nfc now the cowboys and eagles have both started to pick up a little steam in the nfc east we know that the nfc north is too deep with the packers and vikings the saints we just spoke about the panthers the nfc west goes three deep so that the NFC wildcard spots Rams need to take care of business in this game and I think that's why I like them in this spot minus three and a half road favorite always a little scary but um i'm I'm on the Rams in this one what about you Tyler?
0: yeah I wanna I want be on the Steelers in this one uh they've been playing pretty well. Um, the big win last week versus the Colts, but all the trends you said McVay on the East Coast, McVay against the AFC, it's kind of hard to go against that. So I'm going to stick with the trends here and go with the Rams. Also, minus three and a half off a of bye. I think they're going to be really focused. And like you said, the NFC playoff picture is so loaded. It's so tough. You can't afford to lose a game like this. So I, I know the last two games Rams have played, they didn't play the cream of the crop competition, the Falcons and the Bengals, but I think. They got their swagger back a little bit. Gurley off a bye should be well rested. So I like the Rams also. I just think, you know, you look at the two teams, they're a lot more talented offensively. And the Steelers kind of got lucky last week uh, with, you know, uh Jacoby Brissett goes down. Hoyer came in, and he played pretty well. He threw that awful interception when it seemed like the Colts could really take it, uh, control of the game. It gets pick six by Minka Fitzpatrick. It was a great play by him, but it felt like the Colts kind of lost that game. Uh, Steelers didn't really win it. So I think the Rams come in here super focused and know this is a game they have to have. And also, you know, like you said, West Coast team coming east – The Rams have been good under McVay in that spot, and also this is a later starting game. It's not a 1 p.m. Eastern game. It's 4 4 o'clock, so not completely out of their normal routine for the Rams. So I like the Rams. I think just they're the more talented team.
1: Yep, so we are in agreement there, both on the Rams. We're going to take a quick break here, have a couple words from our sponsors, and be back to talk about some of these premier primetime games from Week 10. Support for blue wire comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below the belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past and don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-shaving ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BlueWire at Manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping. Use with the code BlueWire. At Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. The holidays are almost here, and you know what that means. Gifts. And what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right. Unlike most brands, untucked shirts are actually designed to be worn untucked. Untucked shirts always fall at just the right length, no matter his size. So he looks casual and sharp. You can find your favorite Tucket style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle-free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. Within Tucket, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to help you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuckit is the way to go. Visit Untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's Untuckit.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off.
0: All right, Cody, now let's move on to the Sunday night game. And we got a great NFC matchup. The Vikings going to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Cowboys are minus three favorites. And when everything was going right for the Vikings, when Kirk Cousins was starting to win me over just a little bit, he just reverts back to his normal self. The Vikings lose a game they should have won in Kansas City, 26-23. Um, I'm back off the Vikings.
1: Yeah, you're you're off their scent after a 50% uh, completion day from Kirk Cousins. Yeah, this this was a bad loss for them on the on the road in Kansas City. It's it's hard to say that, but. With Matt Moore starting, the Vikings in the middle of this NFC playoff run as a favorite, that's a game you just you just have to win. You have to figure out a way to get the job done there. And you know what? We have, the Vikings have been in a lot of marquee games this season. We've, we've spoken about a lot of them. I think I've been on the Vikings for almost all their games. But you know what, Tyler? Uh, that's not going to be the case for this Week 10 pod. I like the Cowboys in this one. Minus three. The Cowboys have been solid at home this year against the spread. They're three and one. And you know, I I've been on Kirk Cousins' island. I'm the mayor of it. Everyone who's ever listened to this podcast knows that to be the case. Um, but bottom line is, this is a primetime game, and here are Kirk Cousins' uh, primetime stats against the spread. He's one four and one. An 0-2-1 on the road against the spread. This is all with the Vikings. In his career, he's 2-6-1 against the spread in primetime starts. Adam Thielen's unlikely to play. That's a huge loss. I think that he's a different quarterback when Adam Thielen's out. Um, and you know what, Tyler? This Cowboys' run defense has been good of late. They're allowing the 7th youths. seven seventh. Woof, words are hard. Seventh-fewest rush yards over their last three. They held Saquon to only 24 on Monday Night Football. Dalvin Cook is a handful as well. Um, but all these... all You put all these uh, ingredients into a cocktail. Kirk Cousins, primetime. Adam Thielen out. Cowboys run defense having recent success. Um, I, that's not a good recipe for the Vikings.
0: I'm with you. Leading up to that Vikings game, I knew we Pick them on the pod but i was just staring at chiefs money line on sunday i was like i just have a feeling the chiefs were gonna win such it seems so obvious that the vikings would pull it out like you said when you're gonna be considered a contender in the nfc and moving forward as a super bowl contender that's a game you have to have playing kansas City is tough but going up against a backup quarterback those are the games that separate the Pretenders from the contender. So I'm back off the Vikings. And especially with the Packers losing, they could have tied it up in the NFC North standings. They lose, so the Packers get bailed out a little bit. Uh, since 2018, the Cowboys are 10-2 straight up at home, eight and four against the spread. And since Dak Prescott came to the team in 2016, they're eight and three against the spread, nine and two straight up at home versus winning teams in prime time. So it's a spot they play really well. Their defense is starting to get its swagger back. Like you said, they played well. Granted, it's versus the Giants, but they uh, forced them into three turnovers, I believe had five sacks on Monday night versus the Giants. So that front uh, seven is starting to get its swagger back. So I think they're going to be able to mitigate Dalvin cook in the run game, get pressure on Kirk Cousins. So I'm with you there. I like the Cowboys minus three. You, you'd say these teams are evenly matched and at home, the Cowboys um, get the edge and the Vikings as an underdog, their last six oh and six straight up and against the spread. So not a spot they've been thriving
1: in. That's, that's a crazy stat to me. Um, Just given the Vikings' recent success as a team, um, obviously last year things didn't go all that well for them, but you would think that a team with this much talent would be better than that. Uh, In an underdog spot just to cover at least one, but 0-6, I mean, maybe they're due for a win, so you stay away, but I feel pretty good about this Cowboys team. I think they're starting to get things together a little bit. They took care of of the Giants, just a division rival game on the road, Monday Night Football, you never know what you're going to get. But fact of the matter is they pulled away in the second half and got the job done. I Yeah, I, re- I really like them in this spot, minus three.
0: Yeah, and uh, I hate to give him so much love on the podcast, but my boy Coward was saying that basically <laughs> Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins are kind of similar quarterbacks, but the advantage is, Dak Prescott is just clutch in big situations, and that's really true. I have a lot more confidence in a tight game on the road or at home having Dak Prescott as a QB uh, over Kirk Cousins, so I like that matchup. And this is pretty surprising. The Cowboys lead the NFL in yards per game. Uh, You wouldn't think that. I know their offense played well to start the year uh, versus those weaker teams, and then they kind of went into a lull, but they have the best offense in the NFL, so... I think they're going to continue their mojo. Vikings defense didn't play great last week, and they've kind of regressed over the last three games. They're allowed, allowing 66.2 yards per play, which is pretty bad. Uh, that's six worst in the NFL. And you look at last week, they gave up 147 rush yards. Granted, 91 came on one play, but they gave up a 91 yard touchdown. So that obviously matters. Zeke Elliott, the Cowboys' offensive line is much better than that Chiefs' run game. So I think Zeke has a big game, and this just feels like a primetime game. The Cowboys win. Dak makes some big plays uh, towards the end.
1: Mm-hmm. So we're in agreement here. So that's Sunday Night Football. And Tyler, Monday Night Football, the biggest 49er game we've had in a while, definitely in the Kyle Shanahan era, um, since, since Harbaugh left. I don't know that I've been – I was really excited for the Panthers game. I was very excited for 49ers to play the Browns on Monday Night Football, but this is another level. Russell Wilson coming into Santa Clara to take on the Niners. Niners, the only undefeated team in the NFL, and, yes, it is Week 10, so we are pinching ourselves here. 49ers are six-point home favorites. Over-under is 46.5, and this really is going to be strength against strength. Russell Wilson's coming in. He just threw five touchdowns against the Bucs. He's the leader in the clubhouse in the NFL MVP race. They have Tyler Lockett. They have DK Metcalf. They just got a new toy fresh in the garage that they're ready to drive. Um, and Josh Gordon, he's going to play this week. Um, the 49ers defense has allowed the least amount of passing yards a game in the NFL. Um, but this is their biggest test to date. We'll really see what they're made of. They took care of business in the trap game on Thursday Night Football against the Cardinals. A little closer than we would have liked. They didn't cover, but Jimmy G looked great. Four touchdowns. And Tyler, they somehow are undefeated with their two best offensive linemen who have been out for weeks. They get Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey back this week. And they get their fullback. And uh, all-pro fullback Kyle Juszczyk is back from injury. So all these guys coming back, they're at home, minus six. Uh, What are your thoughts on this line?
0: Yeah, like you said, I'm super pumped for this game. The Rams game was a big one. The Browns fell big at the time, especially with the Browns coming off that win versus the Ravens. But this is the biggest game up to this point of the season. On Monday night at home, Seattle coming in, that's been their biggest rival, probably most hated team in our lifetime. Um, Minus six for the spread, Purpose and not trying to be too much of a fanboy. I'll give some good Seattle trends. Seattle has been great in prime time since 2013. In road prime time games are eight, two and one straight up seven and three against seven, three and one against the spread. Um, they're five and oh against the spread their last five when underdogs of six or more points. Russell Wilson is eight and oh, I believe as an underdog in his last eight. So this is a spot where they usually thrive. I think this is going to be a close game. So for looking at the spread, I'm kind of leaning Seattle. The 49ers' run defense concerns me a little bit. Kenyon Drake had a really nice game versus him last Thursday night. The last three games are allowing 130 rush yards per game. So if you're looking for weakness on the 49ers' defense, that's where it's been, and Quan Alexander is now out for the season with a torn pec. So that's one area where I'm nervous if the front seven on the rush
1: side isn't playing as well
0: i do expect them to win but i think six might just be a little too much
1: yeah six six does feel like a lot however um i am again we're we're blinded by our homerness you you're seeing through that um for purposes of the spread this seattle team real quick i pulled up their schedule they they are off to a great start this year russell wilson mvp we know the deal but real quick, Tyler, um, their schedule so far—they haven't really beaten any anyone. Um, so they they did beat the Rant here. Their best one of the season to date is at home versus the Rams, which Legatron missed a field goal in that one. Otherwise, they don't win that game. They lost to the Saints in a close one um, at home. But Back the rest, they're close. That, yeah, you're right, actually. That was, uh, they came back in that one to make that closer than it actually was. They got blown out at home versus the Ravens. And the rest of their wins, Tyler, against the Bucks, the Falcons, the Browns, the Car, the Car- nope. So Cardinals was more than a single score game, but Bengals and Steelers, all these wins are by single, uh, single score margins. They haven't blown anyone out. The 49ers have. Got in some flack for not beating anyone so far this year, but they've had a great margin of victory. This Seattle team has not. I need to see it from Seattle. So I'm taking the Niners. I think that crowd is going to be absolutely electric on Monday night. This Seahawks team has haunted our dreams, our entire fanhood. Russell Wilson just scurrying around the pocket, making plays. I hate it. Um, and now the 49ers have the front seven that should hopefully be able to get pressure on him, contain him, and we'll see what happens. Um, Akil Willer Witherspoon, 49ers top corner, uh, it seems like he's going to play on Monday as well. So they get him back against the Seattle pass attack. I-, I like the 49ers. I think they play well in this spot and take care of business at home.
0: You know what? I hate fl- flopping, flip flopping over, but fuck it. I'm taking the 49ers as well. This seems this seems too obvious to take Seattle. The public's on them. The money's on them. I think it's a lack of respect for the 49ers. And you mentioned who Seattle's played. So the 49ers and Seahawks have had six common opponents. You mentioned some of them. I won't go through all of it. Both teams have won all the games versus those mutual teams. Seattle's average. Margin of victory in those games was 5.17. The 49ers was 14. So teams that Seattle is struggling versus uh, Cincinnati, Cleveland, the 49ers blew out. So if you're looking at common ground between those two teams, the 49ers have the edge there. And also Seattle's defense hasn't been good. I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. The Matt Schaub throwing 460 passing yards against them. That wasn't a fluke. Jameis uh, went off on them. Uh, last week, they're allowing 28 points a game uh, their last three games. They're 28th in passing defense. Um, they're the third worst in the NFL over the last three games in passing defense. So this isn't the same Seattle pass defense we've seen the Legion of Boom. Richard Sherman is now on the 49ers. And a few years ago, Cody, he's probably the most hated athlete uh, we had. I kind of like Richard Sherman now. And I like what he said after the Thursday night game versus the Cardinals that, Maybe the 49ers took that game for granted a little bit and thought they could just come into Arizona and dominate them. And their defense, I think, got a little bit of a wake-up call. And I mentioned the rush defense has been struggling, Quan Alexander going out. But, you know, they had extra time to prepare for this game. I think they're going to be super focused into this one, the way they played last week, the rivalry with Seattle. Monday night, the 49ers have been great. The last 30 years, this is a huge sample size, the 49ers... (laughs) are 21-5 straight up, 18-7-1 against the spread at home Monday night the last 30 years. It seems like a spot they always win. They won the game earlier in the year versus the Browns when a lot of people were on the Browns in that spot when the 49ers were around the five six-point favorites. So I said Seattle originally, but I'm going back on the 49ers. Um, I think the extra time will get them ready for this one.
1: So we've come full circle. Tyler's one from Seattle plus six. He's on Niners minus six. And I think the, the key stat is, Tyler, what you said, the common opponents, 49ers have been blowing them out, winning by over two scores. Seattle's just barely sneaking by. We'll see what happens on Monday Night Football. I can't, it's we, another, just for all the NFL fans out here listening to the podcast, we finally get a good Monday Night Football game.
0: That That's, which, that's which,
1: actually, which actually sucks that we have to listen to Booger, because uh, he is he is bad. We're just gonna be reminded of that. I
0: was about to say that. That's the only bummer about this game. We have to listen to Joe Tessator and Booger. Booger, he'll always have a special place in my heart. Whenever he laughs, it's so genuine. It's it just brings a smile to my face. His analysis isn't always the best. Joe Tessitore. Whenever I hear his voice announcing game, I think of like a it's like a Saturday afternoon, like three o'clock, ESPN two, Kansas State versus TCU on ESPN two. That's what I think about. He shouldn't be announcing uh, Monday Night Football on ESPN. I think it's a little above his uh pay grade, but that's what we're stuck with. So. I might have to put this game on mute at some point if I'm getting frustrated with the outcome. But like I said, I think the extra time gives the 49ers time to prepare. And you mentioned the guys coming back from injury. Kyle Juszczyk, I think, is a huge uh, addition to get back. That adds such a wild card element to their offense. Last time we saw him was on Monday night, and Booker was singing his praises. So he's back. (laughs) Um, So I think that's huge. And you mentioned Josh Gordon. I'm not just saying this because he's on Seattle and we're 49er fans. Like, at what point do people just stop like going back to 2014, like that great year he had? He's not that player anymore. He wasn't oh. dominant. He wasn't dominant with Seattle. <laughs>
1: don't don't push this. I I agree though. I agree. Let's it's, it's, let's not let's not these let's not speak these takes into existence until uh, next week. Okay, I'll
0: I'll hold off, but you know where I'm going with it. Let's move on to our locks of the week. We're both six and three on the year. Great improvement from last year, um, where we both were, especially in May. I'll let you get started as the elder statesman on the pod.
1: Thank you. I've won two in a row now. Um, I'm knotted back, neck and neck with you. And you know what, Tyler? I feel I feel very good about this one. We've already talked about this game, actually, um, but I. I kept a few trends in my back pocket. I absolutely loved LA Rams in, in Pittsburgh this weekend, minus three and a half. And I saw this overall trend that's not even Rams specific, but more NFL wide. So, just something to monitor for, for all you gambling folk out there. Since 2011, road favorites off a of buy are 35 and 23. So, this is a nice percentage, about 60%. But more recently, road favorites have covered 15 of their last 20 um, in this spot. And Now, this Rams team specifically has had a ton of success on the road. They're 5-1 and one straight up and 6-0 and oh against the spread in their last six road games. Their, their offense, it travels. Jared Goff is getting a little bit of swagger back. Todd Gurley's put together a couple of nice weeks in a row. Um and again, we, we spoke about it already, but this NFC playoff picture is just way too crowded for them to go into Pittsburgh and lose a game like this to a backup quarterback. Um, so I'm, I'm on the Rams in this one. And what I said earlier, McVay, 6-0, and straight up and against the spread um, on East Coast games throughout the course of his career. I'm riding with him in this spot. I feel very good about it. feel a little too good about it. Uh, which makes me wary, to be honest. After the last two weeks, I've felt like pretty good about my, my uh, lock of the week. Um, so maybe this is a little public, but I'm going with the Rams in this spot, and I can't wait to lock in this line right after we are uh, done recording.
0: Yeah, as I said earlier, I like the Rams as well. the The trends are just so overwhelming in their favor. I do think there is something to be said that the Steelers play better just when people are expecting less out of them. I think Tomlin, we've seen it time and time again when they're big favorites versus weaker teams. They struggle, and it seems like when they're underdogs or low favorites, they play better. But I agree with you. I think the Rams are just too motivated uh, to keep pace in that playoff picture. They're still alive when, after they lost to the 49ers, um, It kind of felt like everyone was writing them off, but they're in a the stretch of their schedule where they could start compiling some wins and get right back into the playoff picture. The you know the 49ers and Seattle play twice. The Rams play Seattle again. And so they're going to have their chances to you know play the teams that are ahead of them. So I like that. And when you were talking, I looked up the weather in Pittsburgh because that could be an issue with golf we've seen, but it's supposed to be 53 degrees in Pittsburgh on Sunday. So that shouldn't play ball
1: huge. Follow me, me fall day great
0: Sh- shouldn't play a huge factor so I like it as well um I'll probably lock it in with you I took the Rens in kind of a similar spot a couple weeks ago when they were three-point favorites versus the Falcons granted is in a dome but I like the pick so good for you good pick proud of you thank you
1: thank you Tyler <laughs> That's all, all I want is your approval I'm um, on this podcast um so hopefully I'll be seven and three next week. Who's uh who's your lock of the week? Who's your bounce back? Because we all know how dark it gets when you lose two in a row of these things.
0: Mm. You know it's day. <laughs> uh, what is it? Fall back. Daylight savings. It, uh, it gets,
1: it's it is dark. It is dark early.
0: It gets dark early here, so definitely need a win. Um, so I'm going with the total as my lock of the week. Now I am zero and two on totals as my lock of the week this year some people would say that's a sign to stay away others would say i'm due for a win i think i'm due so i'm taking the over in the cardinals bucks game this week at 52 and a half i think this number is way too low so the bucks are six and two against our six and two on hitting the over this season they hit the over the last six games the offense has been clicking and their defense is pretty terrible that's more of my angle for this game both defenses are struggling a lot the cardinals are 28th in scoring defense allowing 28 points per game the bucks are second worst in the nfl allowing 31 and a half points per game cardinals allow the 29th most passing yards bucks 31st we saw last week with the Bucks giving up five passing touchdowns in a game where Jameis played great. No turnovers in Seattle. I mentioned on the pick pod, that was a game where I thought they would play well. And they did. Again, it they f- they felt like they should have won, but the defense couldn't get any stops. So I think this is going to be a super high-scoring game. The Cardinals put up 25 points on the 49ers, which is arguably the best defense in the NFL. They've scored 25 or more points in four of the last five games. So I think this is going to be a super high-scoring game, and it's a game you look at the schedule and you wouldn't expect to be one of the better games on the slate. But I think this is going to be super exciting. Red Zone will be going to it a lot, and it feels like we're going to get, you know, this is two number one overall picks going at it, Jameis Winston with and uh, Kyler Murray.
1: Yeah, you're right, Jameis still. Still considered number one overall pick. Kind of playing for his uh, his job at this point in the NFL. He's put together a couple nice weeks here. I, I love this pick as well. Um, I looked up the weather since that recently kind of screwed me on an over with this Cardinals team when they went to the Giants. And that was a bad beat. Uh, it's going to be 81 and sunny on Sunday Points in Tampa. weather. Points weather is correct. I think this has a ton of Scott Hanson, Andrew Siciliano, um, potential here between Kyler Murray scurrying around Mike Evans is having a monster year. Um, I'm sad to say I own him on zero of my fine fan five fantasy teams. Um, him and Godwin are just putting up numbers. And I think I agree. 51 seems a little, seems a little low. Um, 52 sorry,
0: 50, sorry, 50,
1: sorry, 52 and a half. um, it's it's 10:37 here on the East Coast, a little late. Um, fighting through the elements, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna lock in. Uh, I'm gonna lock in your pick, Tyler. Should we do a little uh, full slate lock of the week parlay? I
0: I might I might do it. I'm having a good week so far, so I might get a little cute with it. Like I said, both of these defenses stink. I've thrown out a lot of stats, so please stop me if I've already said this. But Bucks are scoring. <laughs> Bucks are scoring the fourth most points in the league at 28.8. You haven't said that yet. They put up points. Their defense can't stop anyone. The total has gone over in the Bucks last five games versus NFC opponents. Both teams are bottom uh, 10 in the league the last three games in red zone defense. So teams will be able to drive on them, score in the red zone. Like you said, Mike Evans is having a monster year. I think that continues. I think Kyler Murray has a big game. They had a little extra time with the Thursday night game. And I'll throw a little uh, bold prediction out there. I don't know if it's that bold because I'm taking the over, but... I'm going to say this is Kyler Murray's first 400-yard passing game of his career in the NFL. His previous high is 349, week two versus the Ravens. I think he hits 400 in this game. I think Jameis continues to put up points. Neither of these defenses could stop anybody and these offenses. For teams that aren't the greatest record-wise, they're fun to watch, and they could put up points. So I love the over in this game, and you gave me that nice weather report, so I feel even more confident.
1: Yeah. Absolute points weather. Um, it's also been an, a nice little betting week for me so far. So let's let's try and keep this going. Tyler, should I tell tell the audience about my college basketball hack uh, for gambling so far this season? Or sh- should we keep that in the house?
0: Um, if you want to share it, I'll give you 30 seconds. But, you know, it's all up to you.
1: First half unders. Uh, Vegas definitely has not figured out that they've moved back the three-point line. There's no way they've baked it in. I'm two for two so far on the season. So it's, it's probably... <laughs> it's I, a large sample I, size. I beat the system.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll see if that continues. Um, yeah, college basketball's back. Pretty crazy. It feels like it's been so long since the 49ers have been good. And then NBA starting earlier you know now than it has uh the past few years we have the lakers going on they're off to a hot start college basketball's back so great time in the sports verse um anything else you got cody
1: yeah any any thoughts on dwight howard since our last conversation
0: you know <laughs> was that the last pod we i don't it's it really does feel like we haven't done a pod in
1: forever my, and my brain's warped i like feel like i don't remember yeah but
0: I did last time we talked about it. I I said it was gonna take a lot for a lot for Dwight to do to win me over. Um, you know he played really well in the Spurs game the other night, and then I was at the Bulls Lakers game yesterday. Why we didn't do the podcast uh, usually a day before. And he played great. They were down 13 going into the fourth quarter. It was him, Kuzma, Caruso, Quinn Cook, and Troy Daniels. A very weird lineup. And him and Kuzma sparked the comeback. Dwight was blocking shots, getting rebounds. He's playing great. I feel like I'm in kind of like a teenage movie where it's like two characters who like hate each other at the beginning of the movie. They're destined to be rivals, and then they have like a little breakthrough moment where it's like, can they be friends? And then they have a, a moment where they do become friends, and they become great friends moving forward. <laughs> so I, f- I feel like me and Dwight are on that path where last night was the moment where I was like, do I kind of like Dwight? I might. I might.
1: I told you. I told you. Alright, well, I think that wraps up week 10 of the Full Slate Pick'em Pod. Lock in that lock of the week parlay, because there's no way that doesn't hit. <laughs>